0: Uh, if you have your Bibles, please join me in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 47. It is correct on the, on, on the slide. Uh, Brother Kent said make sure it gets correct. It was. It was. So we've been looking at uh, the five core values. Grace, where does the arrow go? Arrow goes down. Worship. The arrow goes up. That is, God gives us grace. Our initial response uh, is worship to him. Now, today we're going to look at community. I think community is important. That's talking about this community here, church, our family. And so one of the great texts is Acts 2, 42 to 47. It comes on the heels of the day of Pentecost when they were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came down on them and uh, tongues of fire, and so there's this empowering of the church in Acts chapter 2. Peter's sermon, and then we get to where we are right now. So what we want to look at today is what I would call a model church. It could have been called a lot of things, a healthy church, a progressive church, not progressive in the sense of being liberal, but moving forward. And one thing is the church should never be stagnant. There should always be something going on in the body of Christ. Some, uh, whether it's spiritual growth, whether it's numerical growth, whether it's outreach, no, no matter what, the church should never just be, okay, we're satisfied. And there should, uh, there should be within our each heart here this morning uh, This desire to see the church prosper and to grow. And I think if we follow this little pattern here uh, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, I think it'll make a huge difference in the ministry here at First Baptist Church in Tolono. So let's dive in. Uh, A model church, what does a model church do? What does a model church look like? Well, a model church studies the Word of God. And list some priorities here, if you join me now, in 42, in 242. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. This word devoted means to uh, make an intense effort to do something. And uh, so anyway, when we talk about these priorities... There's four of them, and I think they're very good. So it wasn't just that they were, uh, they were okay. We're going to do this today. They were devoted to it. They were dedicated. They, uh, in in a sense, if you could say, stepped up their game because they wanted to have a strong, tight knit community, which is really what we should be trying to develop here. The first one is what I call HBFs, Home Bible Fellowships. They met in the homes. Uh, we, we often get this picture that the ancient church met in big buildings. Not, no, it all started, they, they were in the home and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We are so fortunate today that we have this. And HBFs can be Sunday school classes and there goes some notes that I had, but anyway. Um, but ultimately getting in the home and I actually have a seven week course that I developed along with Dale Galloway, uh, using some of his information, developed this training uh, for those that want to start a home Bible fellowship. Now you say, well, why do we even need that? Well, because most of the time, uh, people will come to church on Sunday and we don't see them again until next Sunday. So there's really no, there's no dynamic by which we can uh, get to know one another and grow together. And, and, and so meeting in the home becomes a great option. And it can be every other week, it, it can be once a month or whatever, but to have some type of uh, home Bible fellowship going on, we have Sunday school, uh, my group, the young adults meet out here and then we've got other classes uh, back in the back there. But the fact is they met and they studied god 's Word, and at least the apostles' teachings they, they had manuscripts circulated letters in those days, but there was discussion there was interaction between members of the body of Christ at the time uh, the church was beginning to meet and grow so yeah it's not this this is what I think some of the big problem is, and uh, we As Baptists, and I'll say this as Southern Baptists, and I've been a Southern Baptist pastor quite a long time, um, one thing that we do well, I think, is uh, VBS. We do some of those things very well. Um, What we lack on, and I'm not just talking about our church, what we lack on is some form of discipleship. How does that discipleship work, and how does what does it look like? And uh, not just our church, most Southern Baptist churches. That's why you see from Lifeway now there's all these discipleship training courses coming out because the leadership realizes we're not doing a good job there. And so I'm going to be trying to do some things here in the next few months to try to 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 deal with that. Yes, we love getting people down to the altar, and we should because Jesus Christ can wipe their sins away. But in another sense, we need to have more connection with with each other. We need to be, uh, well anyway, let me me go to the second one. The second one is fellowship. And what this word really means is developing close relations. And, And we can't do that, we can't do that just meeting on Sunday. And we could take a page from the ancient church you could say this, they met every day. So we only have to meet Wednesday and Sunday. And by the way, we do have a Wednesday night service here at the church. And uh, I would encourage you to come for that. We have a lot of fun. I give out candy. Uh, I, I have bags of candy and, and people uh, answer the questions that I have for them. And then uh, Kay is really, yeah, she's, she's, she's the VIP. One time she answered a question and she went like this. (laughs) Candy, give me my my candy. So we do have fun on Wednesday nights. Um, But anyway, breaking of bread. This was typical in the Jewish household. Sharing a meal. Some take this as the Lord's Supper, I do not. I I think that uh, the issue here is, and I want you to notice what's taking place. First of all, they are studying God's word, they are developing close relationships, and then they are having a meal together in the home. I don't know if they did a supper for six type thing where you go here, you go there, you go to this house next week, whatever, but uh, they, there was a methodology to their spiritual growth. They needed it. They needed it because the church was going to explode on the scene and they changed the culture in which they lived, like in Corinth and Athens, they, they made all of these inroads. Well, they had to be solid before they did that. And so they met in homes and they, they studied the, the apostles' teachings, they, they talked about it, they, they got together, they had close relationship. And then they, then they, then they did this, and I'm all about this. Uh, matter of fact, you all know this, um, I can't remember how many hours of classes that I have had. But there's one class that stands out, and that was Newt Larson's preaching class at, at the chapel. And one day, we go to class. It was three-hour class. And we were all ready for him to give us a lecture. And he said, everybody, close your books. Let's go down two doors down it was a big church I mean it's like a city we went two doors down and there were pizza boxes on top and he had drinks over in the corner And he said all we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna talk about preaching I think the class started at 6 o'clock and I think I got home at 1030 and that all happened because he just wanted us to meet have a fellowship time together and talk about preaching. And boy, did we talk about preaching for, I don't know, probably four and a half hours. So a fellowship meal gives an opportunity to develop a close relationship along with fellowship. And it helps us understand the other person better and understand some of their their desires. And uh, some guys were talking very boldly about the the preaching. And uh, it was just Quite an amazing moment. And out of all the classes that I've had, that one class I migrate back to and go, wow. That all happened because there was pizza there. Uh, of course, deep dish pepperonis doesn't hurt. I like that. Uh, but I just remember that class being very, very special. And I've told Newt Larson since that that was uh, one of my best classes. And he said, it's too late for me to upgrade your grade. So, <laughs> uh, but um, fellowship. Meals, eating together. That was a Jewish custom, by, by the way. They would get together, they would eat and have a meal. the last one was to the prayers. Let me ask you a question. Do you see a, a little worship service taking place here? This is actually what I modeled my uh, HBFs, or what Newt Lawson called, Home Bible Fellowships after, was this type of order. And if you're interested, I'd be more than happy to do a seven week uh, class for those that are interested in starting. And you don't need need a theological degree to do this, you just need a willing heart. And so if you're interested, please see me and we'll model that in in different homes. If I get two or three people that would be willing to try that, I will go and we'll go from one home to the next, to the next, to the next, and we will model that. That's how I developed it. and of course with Newt Larson and Dale Galloway and a few others. Um, but it culminated in prayer. It culminated in prayer. I don't think this was an extra point. It was, it was tacked on at the end of the night. I, I think it was very important. They would say, John, what's going on in your life? Let's pray about that. And as a group, they came around and they prayed. Uh, Let's pray for the Apostle Paul. He's going through a difficult time. So they pray for Paul. They would pray for the church. They would pray for their community. Listen, we will not change the community. We will not change the world if we're not first on our knees asking God to do something. And so, here we go. They were on their knees, maybe sitting around a table. Maybe they were on their knees. I don't know, but they actually had prayer as part of that many, what I would call many worship service way back in the first century. You say, well, Pastor, what could possibly come from that? You've got to remember something, that the day of Pentecost lives in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And therefore, we should want to surrender to that Holy Spirit and live for him in this dark and perverted age which we are in. We are in a bad age. I think it's as worse as it's ever been in my life. But the church still has a mission and should have a vision to reach that. And we do that by coming together, studying the word of God to breaking of bread, to developing fellowship and prayer. I think prayer is very, very important. We have pray and go. Now we've got nice weather. We should be out there starting back over in this community, walking the streets. Uh, I'll put something out. Hopefully you can respond and say, yes, I wanna do it. It's very easy. You don't talk to anybody, you just hang a door hang the door hanger on the door, and you pray for that home. And it's still going on in the Southern Baptist Convention. Secondly, this was the result. And awe came upon every soul. This was as they were meeting in the homes, different locations, they were praying, they were studying the word of God, they were breaking bread, and they were having meaningful fellowship connected. And awe came upon every soul in many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So that tells me that the apostles were the recipients of some of this prayer. And not only that, but it transformed those many worship services. The word awe is the word phobos, which we could get our word phobia, if you will. But phobos was there was this overwhelming Sense of God's activity in their lives. And this was really starting to take shape because they were devoted. I think that's where it all starts. You have to be devoted. You have to say, okay, I'm going to do this and we're going to do it. We're going to learn to be like God and we're going to do all these things together. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. That won't work here. That won't work here, Pastor Mike. This church has been here since, uh, I think it was formed in 19, 1956, and we've been in this building, I think, since 1959. Um, I was born in 1959. I know, I just dated myself. Yeah. But I wonder, I often wonder, have we missed something? And that's a, you know, and you say, well, this church will never grow because it hasn't. I still believe God can do a miracle here. I still believe when you have devoted people, I believe God can do great things here. But we have to get that in our hearts and say, wait a minute. Uh, the God that I worship created the universe. He created everything in it. He created the stars and the galaxies. He created me and he put Christ on this earth to die and pay for our sins. And so there's nothing that God can't do. And these, these people saw it. Now I know the church was just starting out and there was a lot of miracles going on and, and I do believe in a cessationist uh, view where speaking in tongues is no longer needed. But it tells me That God can do great things. Years ago, when I was in Korea, I had the opportunity to go to the Full Gospel Hotel, or Hotel, Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. That place was massive. It was the chapel on steroids. It was, I want to say, two or three city blocks long. In a Buddhist pagan country, five believers met, and they prayed. And when I was there, I was in my fatigues, we sat in the upper deck, <laughs> you know, nosebleed section. But I remember the pastor, we had our translator headsets on, and he said, look over here, you'll see the 125th military intelligence, and... 10,000, 12,000, I don't know how many, 20,000 maybe in that church, clapping. And you're like, whoa. The pastor preached for an hour and 30 minutes or thereabouts. They had big bags of money being brought to the altar and laid down. People couldn't get in. They were outside watching it on the jumbotron. That started with five people. So, yeah. God can do great things here and we can praise him for what he does do. And it really all starts by just saying okay we're going to devote ourselves to this and we're going to do things that we need to do to grow this church and to see people come to saving faith in Christ. Ephesians 3:20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations Forever and ever, amen. Do you all believe we have a God of the impossibility? Do you all believe that? Do you believe we have a God that can do more than we can possibly think? Uh, just this week, start, start praying for our church. Pray for growth. Pray for uh, the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, see what God can do here. I believe God can build a, a really strong church here in Tolona to be a lighthouse not only to uh, Philo and Sidoris and Sydney and the places around here, but I believe God can do great things. We have to start believing that rather than taking the defeatist attitude that God can't do anything here. This is the way it's always been and he can't change anything. I just wonder if we were to change our view and our understanding of what God could do. Secondly, Focus on common issues, and they looked at unity was one of their big issues. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 44, and all who believed, and that's believers who had trusted in Christ, were together and had all things in common. Autos is this word together. And uh, John Polhill's probably correct on this uh, in his understanding of together, because it is kind of difficult to translate, but I I do think I know what it is. Um, He says this, the Greek word together is notoriously difficult to translate, occurring five times in Acts. It seems to depict the gathered community with a strong emphasis on their unity. This unity is further expressed by their holding everything in common let me tell you what one of the translations is and why I think it's right. Because if you don't get this right, you can't do anything. Teams do not win Super Bowls with one player. It takes a team. And so this is what I think that word means. Identical. Pretty girls, I mean, you, they look identical. Identical twins. I saw one picture where uh, two identical twins, married identical twins, and they had identical kids. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's the thing. To be together means that we all have the same view. We all have the same thoughts. And we actually have a constitution that talks about the statements of faith. And so we have to agree to that. And by the way, the Baptist faith and message there's a long list of different doctrines that we believe. You can't be united as a church when you're not united on the centrality of faith. And so, part of this, part of this looking the same, well, if you see John, you see Sally, because they have the same idea, they, they, they have the same views, they have the same way of doing things. We love the church, we love the people in the church. Uh, we're, we're not out in the community saying, well, look, Baptist church is not that good. We don't have that. We come out and we go, what, you know what? Everybody in this church, we're gonna be different. I'm not saying that. We're, we're gonna have different views and stuff. But on the central things, on the central issues, salvation by faith, once saved, always saved, the, the, the doctrine of the scripture being holy and without error, those things are foundational. If you do not have those down, you will never have a unified church. And so we've got to get back to that. We need to focus on that. It means that we have the same view, I believe, on theology, on relationships, on goals, the work of grace, ministry. We should all have the same view. Um, Philippians... Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look out not only for your own interest, but also the interest of others. I I put down here 90%, but I'm just going to say this. The vast majority of church problems could be totally eradicated by doing this. That means not insisting on our own way. That means not causing problems in the church. It means, you know what? I'm gonna default to the other person. I'm gonna lay down what I think's right, but for the good of the church, I'm going to go along with this. Now, I'm not talking about the big doctrines I'll fight anybody here tooth and nail over the inerrancy of scripture. Or salvation by grace through faith. We're talking about external. I've seen churches split over small stuff. and no need for that. No need for that at all. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of crazy all who believed had everything in common. It's a tough challenge to get there, I know, but it can be done. Then they moved to ministry and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. Here's the key, as any had need. I'm gonna say this, you all do this well. I think our church does this well. Ruth and the hospitality team, you do this well. I, I, I want to give you kudos. And by, by the way, everybody in here, you've been very giving. Tammy making me baked bread. She texted me one day and she said, do you want some baked bread? And I said, do you have to ask? Yeah. yeah. Y'all are very giving church. Y'all are a very giving church. Uh, and that is a big chunk here I'm not asking you all to go out and sell your houses and we'll put all the money in although (laughs) we should be taking care of the members in our church and we do do that I, I hope after next week to maybe get up and see Mary and Tyler. Uh, I do, would like to meet with the finance team just briefly after church, those that are here, just briefly. Uh, Ruth and I have something to ask them uh, in relation to Mary and Tyler. Uh, yeah, they, they sold their stuff. What do you think about that? They sold their stuff and they put it, it's not communism, They they put it in a pool and they distributed to anyone that had need. I, I like this, this little church thing. Mission services. Let me say this. Mission services, we are a mission. We are a mission. And part of that mission is to take care of women. And that may not be financially. It may not be... Uh, food-wise, but it could also mean prayer. They had all things in common. They, you know, you have a need over here, we're going to meet that need. Uh, Whatever those needs were, that church was taking care of it. So they were developing monetary community as well. Where if one person in church had a need, everybody went to it. And, And again, let me just say this, you all do this very well. You all do this very well. Uh, When all this stuff. I think I got one more verse here. Yeah, I do have a verse. By the way, our Sunday school class is learning this. Do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Isn't that right, Nola? We're learning about doing good. Not doing good in the sense of keeping your salvation. But doing good in the sense of. Sometimes giving above and beyond the call. But realize that any time you do anything for anybody, God is pleased with that sacrifice. Unless, I think, unless you go, I don't think that's right. I I think if you get a bad attitude, you don't give it. You just let let it go. But I'm saying you all do this very well. And uh, I, we are parallel with this with the church. When these things happen, when we, when we study God's word, when we build fellowships, when we're eating with one another, uh, when we're uh, seeing God do amazing things, something happens. And we see it right here in the book of Acts. Notice verse 46. It should give you a hint. I'm getting ready to land the sermon. And day by day... Attending the temple together. See, we, go, we meet Wednesday and Sunday. Of course, we have Trail Life and American Heritage girls opposite every other Sunday. And breaking bread in their homes, he mentions it again. Luke mentions it again. Breaking bread in homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts and they were praising God. And day by day, attending the temple together and meeting in the homes and breaking bread, they receive their food with joy. And they praise God. Let me ask you a personal question this morning. Have you lost your joy? Have you lost your joy in life? Ask God to give it back to you. ask God, say, Lord, I haven't been happy. I'm I'm sorry. And I get it, life pounds on us more so today than any other time that I've been alive. But brothers and sisters, we got to go back to being joyful. You do realize all the blessings that we have. There's a lot of blessings that we have. Our homes, our families, our friends, our finances. The food that we get. It should cause us to be joyful. And let that joy spill out over into the community. Because it did. It did. They're meeting in the homes. They're sharing the word of God. They're doing all these things. They're selling their possessions. Wow! Man, what a great church. And they're praying for everybody. And day by day, they were just praising God and thanking him. Through him, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the first fruits, uh, the first fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. This week, I want you when during the week, sometime during the week, I just want you to say, Father, I praise you for all that you've done in my life and my heart. And I think by doing that, maybe psychologically, when you've got problems going on in your life, it's so easy to get stuck on those problems. And over here, I, I think the more you praise him, the more you worship him, the less these problems become and the less significant uh, significant. They become in your life. And eventually, yes, they're there. But you're too busy praising God for all that he's done. All of us in this room have been blessed. We all know that. We all acknowledge it. Now let's tell him. Maybe daily. For the blessings that he's done for us. You know, let let me just say this. Enjoy what you have. And it's okay to have fun. This morning as we were... Coming in the church, Janet said, is, is that your new vehicle? And I said, Yeah, I just bought it. And she goes, You shouldn't lie in church. <laughs> I said, No, <laughs> remember that? Uh, we had to get a rental car because both of our cars are in the shop. Audrey's getting an engine, and I'm getting a, a gas tank because it kind of came down. It's okay to have fun in church, we're friends. We love each other. It's okay to have fun and laugh and joke. You shouldn't come into church. Welcome to our church. Have fun, relax, enjoy. What happened? What happened to this first church in Acts chapter 2? They were doing all of these things. What happened? The result. Look at the result in verse forty seven. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What happens if we become an Acts two hundred forty two church? Oh we I, I I don't know what God can do or what he what he wants to do here, but I know he does want to do. What would happen if we were to model this thing in our church and in our own lives? I think God would add to our numbers. People tell me, I don't like to witness. You can. I have full confidence in everybody in this church to be able to tell somebody about Christ. I have full confidence. And I've been your pastor 15 years, and actually August starts 16, but I have full confidence that you can share the gospel with somebody. Somebody. If nothing else, John 3.16. Everybody knows that verse, and you can talk to them about that verse. How your life was before Christ, how it was the moment you trusted in Christ, and how your life is now. I know you can do this. I have full confidence. And you may be out there on the highways and byways of life and have an opportunity to share the gospel. But the Lord added to their day, to their numbers, those who are being saved. I think I think God stands willing and ready to bless us. If we'll do certain things God stands ready and willing to bless us. And I think the bottom line over all of this is prayer. Witnessing happens anywhere. At work in a work break or uh, any, anything. But let me close this because the microphone. Starts.